With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. E-S-N-Y. What's up, folks? This is the Jets All The Way podcast, back after a one-week hiatus, which we, of course, took off for the NFL Draft, and now we'll have our reactions to said draft right here on Jets All The Way. How you doing, folks? My name is Jeff Maglicetti of Elite Sports New York. I'm joined now by my co-writer and editor, Rob Sabo. Rob, welcome to the program. How you doing today? I'm doing good, Jeff. Just uh, looking at the depth chart, seeing how it's going to shake out. You know, you know, Rob, I'm a little surprised to hear you say you're doing good. And first of all, I just want to say fantastic job on that depth chart, by the way. You could check it over at ESNY. Check it out. That Rob has updated the Jets' current depth chart as it stands with the rookies, including undrafted free agents. So good job over there on that regard, Rob. But I'm surprised to hear you say you're good because for the past few weeks, we've talked on the show about how sick you would be if the Jets didn't go for any offensive linemen, including interior linemen, at the center and guard positions. Now, they did get a tackle in Chuma Adaga of USC, and we'll get to him a little bit, but it's a little surprising to hear you good after the draft that the Jets had in which they did not draft any centers or guards. So, yeah, in terms of my irrational uh, voice and mindset, yeah. they saved it with the tackle selection in the third round. Really? Okay. If okay. he didn't do that, I would have jumped off a bridge. Okay, okay, maybe a bit, of, maybe a tad of an overreaction right there, but I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from, but yes, and but they did take a doga. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it, character is the the word of the day for the draft for me. That's Absolutely. the that's the issue I'm facing right now. Interesting. Tell us more. I mean, a doga. The thing you hear about a doga is he doesn't he doesn't enjoy playing all the time. You have <laughs> to get on him about playing. His motor isn't there. Now, McCagnan is all about talent, and I'm just not seeing eye-to-eye in that. Talent is great, but you first want to be there. You first have to buy in. Talent comes second after that, and I don't know if Adoga and Polite, they, they could have had Vinovich. And by all accounts, Vinovich is the type of guy that you want in the locker room. Right. And guess who took Vinovich? The New England Patriots. The New England Patriots. So that's going to be a, a big comparison to me, Polite and Vinovich over the years. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting comparison to look at going forward. Of course, the Jets took Quinnen Williams with the third pick of the 2019 NFL Draft, not trading out of the position as you and I both thought they would heading into it. Now, I actually put up an article feature recently on EliteSportsNewYork.com, and I think what's so interesting about this Jets draft, this six-man draft class, is that this class, first of all, I think it's somewhat ridiculous to immediately 
dispense grades once we finish the draft. I understand why it's done. That gets clicks. People love that. People have an insatiable appetite for football things, especially when it comes to the NFL draft. And people love that. They eat that stuff up. But I just think it's so weird to dispense a grade to these players before they even play a single down of NFL football. And that's what's interesting for the Jets in this regard. I think this Jets draft will be judged not by the class, but by the moves they didn't make. Because we had so many expectations coming into this draft in terms of what the Jets would do. We thought they would trade down from the third overall pick, get themselves a lineman, say the 15th through or 20th pick, something like that. They did not do that. They did not get back into the second round, a pick that was sacrificed when they sent over Sam Darnold to the when they excuse me, when they sent over that pick to get Sam Darnold in last year's draft. So I, I just thought it was interesting that the Jets didn't make these moves. They talked so much about how they could use the draft to build further a little bit, but yet they didn't take any centers. They didn't take any guards. So that's what was interesting to me. And this is a draft that the Jets could be judged on in terms of the guys they didn't pick in terms of the moves they didn't make. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, I read that, what you said, it's spot on. Um, because, listen, trading down, it remained the top goal. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the depth chart right now, there are holes galore. Oh. Polite becomes the most important player on the depth chart right now. Interesting. Because uh, what do they have behind Jenkins? No, Jenkins? Nothing. And it's Polite, it's Copeland, it's Jenkins. Henry Anderson is not an edge. Quinn yeah. Williams is not an edge. No. You cannot rely on them. Can you put Henry out there in a pinch, in a sub package? At times, sure, but it doesn't work. We remember... Sheldon Richardson running outside linebacker uh, three, four years ago. Didn't work. It, it, it's laughable. 300-pound guys can't play in space. Nope. So Polite becomes so big, and Toth and Lobendon, the, the undrafted rookie at center, mm-hmm. another crucial area because I'm just not on the Jonathan Harrison bandwagon. No, I'm just not there. You know, I think Jonathan Harrison – Give him credit. Last year, he did an admirable job at stepping in at starting center so late in the season. But I think you could make a case that that's only because Spencer Long couldn't get much worse in terms of the center spot, especially after that brutal game in Miami last year. So this is going to be an interesting battle to watch moving forward. You know, you look at the Jets at the skill positions. They're pretty much set as as we move through, especially on the offense in terms of Sam Darnold, in terms of Le'Veon Bell. Receivers could be better. I'm kind of shocked the Jets didn't go after any receivers in this draft. That's something I think they should have done. But you could tell they're confident in what Robbie Anderson and Quincy Inunua bring to the table. So I'm interested to see what happens with this offensive line, which becomes so crucial so important once you have a playmaker like Sam Darnold back there. And Le'Veon Bell, of course, can change the course of games entirely on his own back there. But the thing is, the more help you can give him, the easier you can make his job, the better off you'll be. So I'm interested. This is what gets me angry. Mm-hmm. And it's a copycat league. Look at the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. Great offensive line. The Camara draft a couple years ago, it was really about Ryan Ramsick completing yeah. that line. They had two first rounders, two second rounders, and a third rounder on that line. Mm-hmm. This offseason, their center, Max Unger, retires. Mm-hmm. What do they do? They don't hesitate. They, I think they traded up, and they traded up and got Eric McCoy in the second round. And this, 
And this is why the Saints have remained one of the more consistent uh, uh, franchises in this league over recent history. And you know what? They have Drew Brees. They have a guy back there who can make plays, who can change the course of games entirely on his own. But once they make his job easier, suddenly they're even better. They're going to NFC title games. They're winning a competitive NFC South. So that's the way the Jets should model themselves off of. And unfortunately, it didn't look like they did that in the early parts, at least, of this draft. Now, they didn't have the assets, obviously. It's tough to trade up. We know this. We recognize this. But that's why trading down was so big. Yes, I agree. You needed that center. And uh, I'd be very interested to see what kind of packages they got for the number three pick. You know, at the same time, though, I don't want to rip into Quinn and Williams in a way because the criticisms were kind of leveling at him right now in the sense that the Jets should have trade down. That's something that Quinn can't control in the slightest right now. And oh, Quinn is tremendous. Oh. He's tremendous. He's a stud. Now, keep in mind, it's the same hmm. thing we've heard about Leonard Williams yes. a few years back. But I think a lot, I think a lot of it was fit and scenario and scheme that held Leonard back. Uh, this is nothing against Quinnen. He's, he's solid all the way around. Quinnen was labeled by many as the quote-unquote safest pick in this 2019 NFL draft. And, you know, he's versatile. He could get in there. He can really put pressure on guys back there. So, you know, this is not meant to be a criticism of Quinnen Williams right now. And, you know, we obviously wish him the best. I think, you know, he'll be a good fit in that Greg Williams office. So many Williams going around. We'll have to start, you know, we'll have to start calling them by their first names back there. But the interesting part about it is... I believe also, and this works to the Jets' benefit, the Jets are in a spot where there's not so much pressure on their first-round pick this time around. Because remember when Jamal Adams was back was drafted back in 2017 out of LSU? You know, th- there were people doubting the Jets were going to win a single game that season, and he had to come in there and give the defense a spark a little bit. It worked to his benefit, and now he's one of the leaders of not just the Jets, but New York football entirely. Sam Darnold last year, you know, enough has been said about the Jets' lack of a franchise quarterback over decades now, and he had to go in there and prove many doubters wrong. And for the most part, over the final four games this season, over that December stretch, he did. So Quinton Williams comes in, and there is not pressure on him right now, at least, to win now. He doesn't have to be a difference maker at this point. He can rest. He can learn a little bit from the veteran leadership, both in the coaching staff and on the defensive line with him. Does this make sense, Rob? Oh, 100%. And by the way, Jamal is the best safety in the league. It's not even oh, close. I think he's up there. I don't I, 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 I'm not sure I, if we can make a list right now. I mean, you know, that's probably a subject for another day. But Jamal is definitely up there. And he's become – I think the Pro Bowl was just so good for him in a way. I can't believe I'm saying that because, you know, we talk about the Pro Bowl all the time. It's a parody of football. It's everything that's bad about the, the NFL these days. But I think that was huge for him. It really started to put him a little bit in the national spotlight. And who was the mouthpiece for this team last year when things were going down, when they kept losing, when a season of hope started to fizzle out? It was Jamal Adams. So I think this guy is going to be the face of the New York franchise. But right now, for Quinn and Williams, there is not pressure on him to win immediately. I think that's going to work to both his benefit and the Jets' benefit. He can work a little bit. He can work with the coaching staff. He can work with those veterans on the defensive line. And he can really get used to this NFL thing. He can make a smooth transition moving forward. Yeah. So now let's let's break down the fit with Quinnen. Uh, Quinnen, right. like you said, he's, he's a perfect... Better than talent, he's a great kid. He's a great character, great personality, everything we hear. The fit is interesting. It's the same situation as Leonard 
2.0, 2015. Yeah. Gwinnon will be the nose tackle. Yeah. You know, the nose tackle does not need to be a 330-pound guy anymore. It's a no. new league where the jet sweep, they put pressure on the edge, and it's east-west rushing game. So that agility-driven nose tackle could get a lot done chasing down the play, like Aaron Donald. But in the base, you got Quinnen at nose, Leonard Williams and Henry Anderson on the opposite sides, with Polite and Jenkins on the edge as the outside linebackers. When you go to a sub package, mm-hmm. it's a four-man line. Quinnen and Leo and Henry are three men for two spots. Right. That's going to be something to look out for because putting Henry or Quinnen or Leo in the edge is not ideal. And again, we'll see how Greg Williams handles that this season. Yeah, I think one of the most interesting aspects of the Quinn and Williams pick is that the Jets, for their third overall pick, and they did it with some of their other picks, too, which we'll get to in a minute. Last thing I want to say about Quinn is that the Jets went with the best player available philosophy for their draft pick, for a majority of their draft picks, as a matter of fact. That's such a luxury that, you know, is rarely, if ever, afforded to teams that go 4-12 and the year before. And whether it works to their benefit... We'll see. But they win best player available in, with most of their selections this year, and that includes Quinn and Williams. So time will only tell if it was the right move for them, but you got to credit Mike McCagnan for taking risks, for going out there. He's he, he His job could very well be on the hot, hot seat if recent reports are proven to be true. So you got to give him a little credit for you know mixing it up a little in what could be the most crucial draft of his general manager tenure moving forward. Let's get to some of the other picks in this draft. And Rob, what stands out to me about this draft? I know you've mentioned character comes first and there are several character issues with these guys, but, and that's true. I'm not going to deny that for a second. There are, you know, off field issues. It's not just the character, by the way, but there are injuries also to deal with. Most of these guys did miss at least a couple games with some injuries moving forward or or even suspensions as a matter of fact. But what stands out to me about this draft class is that there is plenty of on-field talent. There's plenty of on-field potential and many accolades to come with it because you look what's, you look what's coming in with this, you know, uh, uh, polite. He, as a matter of fact, he was named to the all sec team and boost the jets, you know, sec pedigree that they got going there, you know, with Jamal, with Marcus may from LSU and Florida respectively. Now you got an Alabama guy in there. So that's good. Or Florida guy. Now you have an Alabama and a Florida guy in there. So that's interesting to look at. You also have to look at, you, you look at a dog. That was a good move to, you know, build the instant, instant chemistry, build the instant rapport with Sam Darnold. I thought that was interesting. Blake Cashman, their fifth rounder. He was a holiday bowl MVP, really rose to the occasion for Minnesota in that regard. You'll even bless Juan Austin. He's got major injury issues right now. And that, that was interesting to me in the sense that the Jets even traded away their seventh rounder just to get Bless Swan Austin, a Queens native who was a cornerback over at Rutgers. He's played five games over the past two seasons, but as a sophomore was second in the Big Ten in passes defended. So this is an interesting tactic for the Jets moving forward. And uh, Trevon Wesco, that was, not, that was another guy who I thought the Jets went best player available on because that was a pick. The Jets did plenty of maneuvering in the early sessions of sat of Saturday afternoon, they did a lot of maneuvering, made a couple trades, made one with the Vikings, made one with the New Orleans Saints, and found themselves picking with the 121st overall pick of the draft on Saturday. And that was interesting in the sense that they did a lot of maneuvering to replenish a position they they mostly feel secure at, I believe. They hit last year's fourth rounder in Chris Herndon. He became one of Sam's favorite targets last year. And they also brought back re-signing and free agency Neil Sterling and Eric Tomlinson. So that was a bit of a shocking pick to me. What are your thoughts, Rob? 
<clears throat> when we uh, look at the tight ends, we have to break it down into two spots. Right. Vertical threat tight ends, receiving tight ends, and the blocking tight ends. The H-back, we'll call it. All in, in essence, it's a fullback. Gates doesn't carry fullbacks. So those are the two categories of tight ends. Wesco basically has just leapfrogged Tomlinson as a de facto H-back, the blocking it's- tight end. So if you look at it that way, where Herndon and Wesco play completely different positions, it makes more sense. I'm with you. You know, we need the, the interior line. It was the target. And after McCoy and the run of centers went in the second round, early third round, it was tough to get that guy, which is why Adoga, okay, makes a little more sense at round three. Um, but that's one key note to separate the blocking back from the regular or the blocking tight end from the regular tight end. Right. Because one interesting thing that I – one interesting pass that the Jets made on Saturday, they passed on cornerback Julian Love at a Notre Dame. I thought he would have been a nice addition to have at the cornerback spot. Because let's face it, the Jets' secondary, we, we know the big names in it. We know Jamal Adams and we know Marcus May. But the cornerback spots, they're a bit depleted right now because right now Derek Jones, who's played sparingly last year, he's going to be expected to take on a bigger role, I believe, at this point this year. So I'm a little surprised the Jets didn't go after Julian Love instead maneuvered around and went to a position that, again, they have relative stability in. I agree. I would have rather had Love, for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, I mean, if you look at it, Tremaine is one starter, and he's really at tops, the number two corner. You got Andre Roberts, not Andre, Daryl, Daryl Roberts, Rashad Robinson, Derek Jones as the other starter. Poole is the nickelback. Nickerson is pretty much a nickelback. Yeah. So Roberts is the de facto guy, it looks like right now. Yeah, right now at least anyway, because the other guys, you know, say say what you will about the job Todd Bowles with the defense. He really didn't do do a, too great of a job of putting these guys in, getting them the experience once all seemed lost. You know, credit him. He went for the wins. But, you know, these guys did not get the experience necessary from a Jets standpoint in terms of taking on a bigger responsibility. So it's definitely going to give us a lot, of th- lot to think about during the preseason next year. The Jets are not holding rookie minicamp, which I – I find a very questionable decision. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, I so you know I didn't even realize this until today, until you yeah. notified me. So it was a shock to me. Yeah, it wasn't on the offseason calendar, and we took a look at it, and they're not just hold, they're not holding rookie minicamps. So that's interesting. Maybe the Jets, maybe the Jets know what we're know what they're doing. Who knows? But we'll see what happens. Now, you mentioned we've talked about so much about the teams that the Jets drafted, but you look at the undrafted free agents a little bit. I think there were some interesting selections that they picked up because you know, we talked a little bit about it. We looked at the depth chart that you said and that, that you can't, that again, you did such a good job with. And there are so many names to keep track of. One of the more interesting selections I think they made was receiver Greg Dorch at Awake Forest because this is a guy that I think can contribute immediately. His receptions last year, he had 89 receptions on for 1,078 yards. Those marks were good for third and second in the ACC, respectively, last year. And this guy also has pedigree at kick returner, and that's going to be a huge need the Jets have to fill after Andre Roberts. What do you think after Andre Roberts departed? What do you think of this kid, Rob? Yeah, he's a little guy, right? He's yes. like 5'7". Yeah. Um, he's not a traditional receiver. He's, he's an he's a X-factor type slot guy uh, behind Crowder and Unwa, Tim White, Quadri Henderson, who they got from the Giants. I, I like him. He has a shot because he could do so many different things. Guys who could do so many different things have, always have a better shot in okay. July and August. 
Of course, we, especially when you're an undrafted free agent, you're the type of guy that needs you need to have those multiple skill sets in order to separate yourself from playing either in the NFL or playing in some lower league, perhaps even the XFL this time next season. So this is going to be interesting. And did any other free uh, undrafted free agent guys stand out to you? Uh, this kid Lobendon, um, mm-hmm. is he from USC? Yes, he is. He's, he's from under- USC. He, he's got. I mean, based on everything, he's got the clearest path to battling for a spot that's depleted at center. So I think Lobendon is a note. Um, Wyatt Miller, tackle, he's noteworthy. Right. Um, kid Sanders, they do need a another nose tackle behind McClendon. So that kid Sanders, I think he's at least 330 pounds. He has a shot, too. Yeah, I think another guy you got to keep an eye on is uh, Mike Juan Stout out of Appalachian State. I think that's going to be another guy to keep an eye on. So, you know, the Jets, they also brought in uh, Jamie Mosley, who is uh, CJ Mosley's uh, younger brother. So that's going to be interesting to see this this training camp. Yeah, they, they the Mosley's family celebrated in grand style that night. It's great. It, that was that was a great video to see. A great thing to see at the end of the draft. So I'm really looking forward to this Jets rookie class right now. But again. Like you said, character, yes, indeed, an issue. And people say, oh, who cares about that as long as he produces on the field? That is such an, that, that is such an ignorant way to look at things because one false move, one false step in today's NFL could be the difference between 10 and 6 and 6 and 10. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, and, and character, and mo- it's not even just character. It's motivation. It's right. wanting this more than anything in the freaking world. It's diving in face first when other guys won't. That leads to production too, so that that's a that's a factor of production. That's something that people don't seem to connect sometimes. And interesting, interesting thoughts moving forward, and we will leave it here, right here on the Jets All the Way podcast. We'll keep it up going during the postseason. Hope you enjoyed this draft recap, Rob. Any final thoughts? Uh, no, I think uh, this rookie minicamp thing, man. I didn't even realize they canceled it, but yeah, I know. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, the Gase McCagnan stuff. Yeah, we heard all that craziness. Um, is there any truth to it? Who knows? But you know what? Guys will butt heads. Even if there is truth to it, no big deal. Th- that is different from firing a guy or making changes to the front office. And always find out who's reporting it. Um, the two people in question reporting it, we won't mention their names, have been wrong in the past, have had certain agendas in the past. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? At the end of the day, don't want to comment on anything until it's fact, until we we check everything. Of course, in today's era, fake news cannot be too careful. So we won't comment on that until there's any specific facts out. So I think, though, that, you know, this is it's something to keep an eye on. But I don't think there will be any huge sweeping changes moving forward, but something to keep an eye on. And we look forward to see seeing what comes out of it. Thanks for joining us on our draft recap special. I am Jeff Magliacetti. He's Rob Sabo. Be sure to join us next week on the Jets All The Way podcast. Of course, we'll fill in your social media feeds. Of course, we'll probably be on the same time next week, which hope to get it out again next week and throughout the offseason. Looking forward to it. Thanks for joining us. Take care, everybody.